So Jesse and I walk into the diner and I'm super hungry. It smells so good in there. So I I just say like really loud as soon as we walk in, I'm like, "Mm -mm, smells like bacon in here. (laughs) And nobody says anything. And then I turn to my left and the booth beside me is just absolutely full of cops. There's like six (laughs) There's like six cops in the booth and they, they, they're all, they're all looking at, they're all looking at me. Not one of them is even smiling or whatever and all this. And and I look at the cops and I'm like, because of the bacon, because it's cooking. And do you actually say that? And, uh. And uh, awesome. they just they just look back at their food and uh, and and we went to we went to sit down or what have you. But uh, <laughs> that's awesome, man. One of these days in your future, you're gonna get pulled over by the wrong cop. <laughs> yeah, like, he'd be like, I, well. I know you from somewhere. And he walks back to his car and he's like, "Fuck, I know you." That guy. <laughs> if it isn't Bacon Boy, you are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Good evening, and welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. We chat about random topics, we discuss the virtues or lack thereof of said topic, and then we provide um, an unrehearsed review, a verdict, on that topic. And uh, my name is Michael Hodgins. Joining me today, as <clears throat> every day that we do this podcast, I always that part I, sounds horrible whenever I do it. Well, there's another botched intro, but anyways, <laughs> so we got with us Bo Schwartz. Mr. Bo, how are you doing today? Hello, Michael. Hello, GBB listeners. I'm <laughs> doing pretty good. I've got the, a little case of the giggles, I think, so it's going to be the one giggle. of those. That's good. Giggles are good. And, of course, this show would not be complete without uh, Crofton Steers. Hey, Crofton. Excelsior, Michael. You're still I'm, sticking with that thing. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get something going. Until I come up with something, I'm going to steal from Stanley. But it's hard. It's every episode you introduce us, and then we have to say things to you like we've never done this a hundred times before. And then I've got to interrupt right here really quickly to say something cool. <laughs> Followed when, by silence. When are you going to do that? Well, I just did. It was meta. You guys know that, about uh, the meta humor. Uh, uh, that was the cool thing. Okay. Do you guys uh, know where I was this afternoon? <laughs> no, where were you? You weren't following me on like one of those apps on the phones where you can see where I was going. Well, you've got to post the stuff on the Twitter. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, I should this, get on that social media thing. This sounds uh, like one of those questions like the Hobbit asking Gollum what's in his pocket. There's no like no way for us to know really. Yeah, no, that's true. So I kind of just, I don't know why I even asked you guys. <laughs> I will just tell you. I went to the art gallery. Oh. <laughs> Turns out it's free on Thursday. So that's like the National right. Art Gallery of Canada. Yeah, but the reason I went, went do you know, you guys know who MC Escher is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's my gonna... favorite MC. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny that his name sounds like he should be. Uh, I seriously MC... thought you were going to say a rapper name. I... No. Well, MC Escher, I don't know what the M and C stand for of his name. He's this guy. You've seen his artwork for sure. He draws like these 
impossible sort of architectural things like buildings that have aqueducts that just flow continuously and there's like a waterfall yeah, like or the st- stairwells that yeah go the stairs that go yeah mind-bending impossible ways they're they're pretty amazing drawings and so they had a, a gallery of that and i was like oh man this guy's stuff's pretty cool so we went down to take a look at it oh, so well, it's the blue. actual artworks right like not prints or well, 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 here's the thing. This and I didn't realize. This. I thought they were like sketches he did, you know. But they were most of them are woodcuts. So like he's engraving in wood oh, and then making pr- making print. And also the thing is that means that everything he's doing is in reverse. Like when when you do a woodcut, you know, uh, like like it's it's like you're you're making a negative for that picture. And then when you think of the complexity of some of the, I was looking at so I was like these are insane and then he did them in woodcut i was like this guy's crazy anyways it was pretty neat and um it, it ends this weekend so if you're in ottawa i highly recommend checking out the mc escher exhibit who took care of your kid uh he came <laughs> with us and basically cried and ru- ruined everyone else's experience <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, i just yeah you're walking through the art gallery just like Looking, it always looks, you see these like in brochures, you know, you'll see like a family pushing a stroller through an art gallery, like pointing at a painting. It's like an image selling what a, what a great experience going to the art gallery is. But the thing is a picture can't demonstrate the sound that goes along with it, which is just a baby going, ah, this place sucks, ah. <laughs> You know. it, it, what is, what's sort of funny to me about the I always enjoy when I go to the gallery. I haven't been in a while, but I find every time I go there, I see people who look like they belong in the art gallery, uh, which like sort of I don't know, like like they're wearing turtlenecks, berets, and yeah, like high society people. Like there was this guy wearing a kind of suit with sort of like a turtleneck in, <laughs> underneath it, and he had like long hair that was like slicked back into a tight ponytail, and he I'm like, and he had like thin rim glasses on. I'm like, this guy looks like he should be drinking Chardonnay someplace at the art gallery. And there he was at the art gallery. Well, you know, it's always great to make sweeping generalizations about the people you encounter throughout the day. But then again, I was at the art gallery and I was dressed like a bum. So, and so were a bunch of other people too. Anywho, are you guys ready to uh, debate a, uh, a, a random topic? I am so ready. And just to be clear to our listeners, these, these are random topics, like completely random, unrehearsed. If, for instance, the random topic generator gives us the topic art galleries right now, that will be complete coincidence. Now, now I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying it would be a remarkable coincidence. <laughs> Let, let's see if it pans out. <laughs> All right, MC Mike, let's do this. <gasps> You ever wonder if the random topic generator exists inside of another random topic generator? <laughs> it's All like the an MC Escher drawing. <laughs> or rather, eh, whatever. Um, we have a topic. Top, topic today is kind of one of these. Okay, it's oil oil pipelines. That's the topic. Uh. It's a weird one because it's like, how would you say that that's bullshit? I mean, we use bullshit often as a kind of, you know, Catch all. Ground. So, so, so I guess it, it can work in that, but you know, they're, they're a thing, you know, they can't, it's not like a concept or an idea. Oil pipelines carry oil from, you know, whether it's the port, you know, piping it inland or whether it's from the tar sands in Alberta, piping it somewhere else. 
obviously controversial these days. Well, I've noticed that the random topic generator tends to give us sometimes quite topical topics, uh, topics that are, uh, you know, in the news and that sort of thing. And uh, I know that there has been a lot of talk about pipelines recently in Canada and the United States because of this Keystone XL project that, uh, that's that been discussed where um, the government of Canada wants to run a pipeline all the way uh, down through the states uh, and it's pending approval or non-approval of the American government. And I know it's it's drawing attention both of environmentalists and uh of like business uh businessmen alike so it's uh, it's definitely uh being talked about yes it's topical are pipelines a common thing throughout the world do either of you sort of have any insight on well there's there's certainly i mean i would say yes and i think that um you know this keystone xl thing keeps and in Canada, also the Northern Gateway Pipeline is another big one. So in Canada, we get two that are dominating. And there was some others too, I think, Southern BC ones as well. In any case, the, yes, they are common. And, and it's always one of these stat or um, facts that comes up when, you know, they'll talk about Keystone XL and they'll say, wait, don't forget, there's already like thousands of miles of pipeline in this country and in the States. And a lot of times these new controversial pipelines are following the same routes as existing pipelines, not always, but 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 sometimes. I mean, they're, they're also putting a new one in or they're aiming to uh, running uh, for, uh, to, to the East Coast from, again, Alberta, and that one's controversial as well. But there's lots of them around. I feel like the, the thing about them these days is they're almost more like a symbol. I mean – uh, the, the, you know, people will say, well, there's oil somewhere and it's going to get somewhere. And then you have all these people protesting oil pipelines um, because it's, you know, related to climate change and, you know, big oil and all this stuff. But the, the, the counter argument is like, well, we're just going to put it in trains then or we're going to truck it. It's going to go one way or the other. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oil gets moved around the world every day all the time. So what about pipelines is it that makes it? You know, well, I think they can move. Thing. I mean, I think the reason the people who are anti-pipeline would say, you know, won't want to stop them is that they move it more efficiently, right? So more of it, like a train or uh, trucks, or you know, have more limited capacity. A pipeline is continuous, so it can just, you know, it it really it really ups the ante. I Pipes think, don't you know? have to sleep, like like truck drivers and train drivers. You know, they work in shifts as well. You know, it's just it's also from a business standpoint, I feel like a pipeline would be way more efficient than any of those methods, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's why they want to build them. You know, yeah. you get them in there and then it just flows and that's it. I, I do like what you said about the pipeline being a sim a symbol. Like it is it does seem like one of those big things that environmentalists uh, rally around. And I think they're when when they're talk about um, damage caused by pipelines, I think the companies present them as like flawless uh, magical devices that just shoot liquid through them without a drop of spillage to be found when in fact that there is a lot of oil that you know spills out and, well, and, uh, and that would be the I mean you know on I think you, on their side yeah they present them like they're these you know perfect ways to get oil and then on the other side of it they present them basically like big oil sieves that just like spill oil off yeah, it's the like ground and pollute all the water and directly into your lakes yeah, yeah and i mean and i would say you know 
And I'll be upfront. I'm kind of, you know, anti, we did the climate change podcast already. Uh, I'm kind of anti-pipeline, but I do think that the anti-pipeline activists are, you know, they're, they're being alarmist and, and, you know, all we need to think about is the lac Megantic tragedy in Quebec where the, you know, all these tanks of oil on a railway explode and killed like 52 people or something in a town. And to say like, okay, well, oil pipelines, like that's less likely to happen in oil pipeline. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the activists like blow it up to be this thing of, of just like, it's polluting everything and yeah, there'll be spills, but it's probably again, not quite as bad, you know, as with all things, the truth probably lies somewhere between those two messages. But yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I do agree with that. But what, what's tricky, I think when talking about uh, pipelines is that, um, we still need oil big time for everything. And uh, even like, cause I, I think about this Northern Gateway pipeline in particular, it's, it, there's talk about it, you know, going through certain first nation lands and also s- certain like nature, uh, protected nature reserves or parks and such. And um, my gut instinct, my reaction to this is like, I don't, you know, I don't want this thing there. I don't want it like as a sort of scar on the face of Canada, right? Like that's that's the sort of like your emotion that's my emotional gut reaction. But on the on the other hand, practically when I think about it, I, I this oil is still being used and we have to move it. So like as much as I would like us to be at a point where we've moved away from oil entirely, that's just not happening. And so but at, at the same on the same wavelength like there are existing pipelines and and at what at what point like are are we reaching the point of too many pipelines like should we what are the ones that are in existence not able to do that the new ones can do uh and are we going to end up with like this spider web network of pipelines across our countryside well I mean, I think the issue is capacity, right? So you have all these pipelines that are there and say, well, can't we use them? And it's because they're at, they're at max capacity and they want to move more oil. And and I, I guess that's the argument. I mean, there is pe- people who are, you know, climate change activists will say if we're going to make any headway um, to achieving, you know, not destroying our world <laughs> with uh, climate change – a lot of oil needs to stay in the ground, like, and then they'll they'll always say that there'll be as much as, you know, say say talk about carbon sequestration and all these other things, but oil needs to stay in the ground is the only way we can stop our climate from getting too hot is is, is our argument, and I think so for them lack of pipelines or once those pipelines that are in existence are at capacity, now you have a bottleneck that is slowing the removal of oil from the ground, so that if if you allow more pipelines to go in, then you're removing that bottleneck and essentially speeding up uh, the, the burning of the oil that's already in the ground. So I think they want to stop new ones. And though we're dependent on oil, you know, it, we can only consume it at the rate at which it, it can be moved, right? But uh, now if you if you re- re- remove whatever barrier it is that that's slowing our consumption of that oil, well, then – now all of a sudden you can just ramp up oil production. And and so I think that's why they fight hard because they're like, we need to keep the bottleneck in place until we can make, you know, technological advancements or move to renewables or whatever it's gonna be that might help us out. Like to so, sort out sort out what the consequences of moving that much oil and burning that much oil and having that much availability for oil? 
Yeah, like, well, or they say we know what the consequences are, and it's like catastrophic climate change. It speeds up a direction we're already heading in, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and and I think that they'd be like, they would say, uh, if we can keep this, the rate slower, we have a better chance of being able to avert disaster, you know, and this is all, again, uh, alarmist talk. It, it, It could be that you know, these are all estimates. I don't want to get right back into the climate change uh, de- debate, but it is this huge thing because people don't want it going through sensitive land, as you were talking about, Croft, and it's spilled, you know, in oil in sensitive areas and keeping it out of the air. So I don't know. Is it a just cause to protest pipelines? Well, like, because when I think about it from like a, you know, business standpoint or a, a management of resources standpoint. I mean, better is better, right? Like if you just examine it on that vector, it's like, well, we could pay all these. I don't know what the existing technology is that's less advanced than using a pipeline. But, you know, the idea that we're advancing in our capacity to remove resources for the benefit of our society, you know, uh, it seems like a good thing. And that's very likely why we're doing it and why I'm sure investors are probably very happy to invest in companies that that are moving in that direction and, you know, the, the whole system's incentivized to make oil pipelines a reality. Um, so it's like it's like a microcosmos of the entire climate change conversation where it's like, well, maybe we should we should we sh- just because we can do this awesome thing doesn't mean we should do it because of these other reasons. I guess the other thing to consider would be like, say you removed, you know, we're talking the topics, oil pipelines, obviously not climate change. So say, say you remove that the climate change aspect of it and just be like, this is a method of, of transporting oil and compare it to rail or truck or shipping. Um, I mean, shipping is going to happen anyways on, on that, you know, plane of just like, if you're moving it somehow, how I guess does it compare to those other ones? And, and that's, what's tricky about this because it's not, we're not evaluating oil here, which is, I mean, I was hoping on the way out. So I was hoping that the need for oil would be lesser and therefore the the capacity in terms of pipelines would be lesser as well, right? But as markets, as the global uh, economy tightens and as more markets become in- more available, um, I think that the desire for pipelines increases and also, uh, you know, the length of these pipelines um, when you look at Keystone XL in particular. Uh, so I do, I do think it is difficult because like take boats, for instance, like, uh, and I think back to like the Exxon Valdez disaster in Alaska, but, but even like more recently, the uh, BP stuff in the Gulf of Mexico, um, like oil can wreak havoc on a maritime, uh, maritime life. And if you can avoid, cause right now, one of the big bluffs or or claims that our prime minister is making is that like, you know what, if we, if the, if America is not going to let us run uh, our pipeline through your, uh, through the U S then we're just going to ship it uh, overseas. And, you know, shit happens. Maybe these boats will, you know, tip or whatever. It's much more dangerous to the environment as if saying like, you know, environmentalists, you're making a big deal about this pipeline. Well, it's either going to be this or it's going to be that. And it is, it is, it is tricky because when I'm given these options, like, I mean, it feels like pipelines would be the safest way to transport oil unless there was some sort of magical way you could stick it in a ball and just. Yeah, I agree. Like when you lay it out that way, Croft, it's like pipelines seem like a really good idea. And I feel like a little bit 
if we're talking about the environment vector of concern, then it's then it's you know we fill um, our needs or our like we grow to fill capacity. So even if we could pipeline way more oil than we would consume, we would conceive of ways to start utilizing that extra oil in order to sell it or to keep the economy going rather than just sit on it and store it up if we could. It's kind of, you know, cause I'm, like while you guys were talking, I was thinking about how we live in an age where we can all have cars, but not only can we all have cars, we have people, many people who can buy a newish car, drive it for five years, sell it, and then just get a new car rather than just drive the car they already have because they can and because we, we keep producing cars and so we can keep doing that. And it's not like a rich person thing to do. There are plenty of middle class people who can engage in this kind of thing. You know, the cost of repairing them is too expensive. So we have all the cars. The car companies want to sell all the cars. So let's have all these cars. Let's have billions of cars. And I feel like if you take that analogy to like the oil, which is not a far jump because cars need oil, um, you know, then we're saying, oh, let's make a whole bunch of let's it's let's do this efficient way of getting oil to places that will consume a lot of it. And if we have extra, well, let's 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 make put an oil engine in our iPhones. So now we're using well, all this extra iPhone uh, engines in our phones now. You know, it's like <laughs> it's crazy. You know, I mean, I I guess we're lucky that the random topic generator runs on coal, very old school, <laughs> almost as bad, but you can't put it through a pipeline, I guess. Um, but yeah, like, and I think that's the thing about capacity. So if if pipelines are more efficient ways of transporting oil, which clearly they are, then if you and and you, you have more of it on the market, then that drops the price of oil. And if it's cheap to drive your cars, then you're going to have, as Bo was talking about, people buying more cars. I always think I have neighbors. I mean, I guess they're pretty well off, my neighbors, but they're they're they're. Uh, I don't know how old they'd be. Um, young 50s I'd say anyways there are two people live in this big house and they each have an SUV like each of them they're one person (laughs) and I always see that I'm just like really do you each need an SUV it's ridiculous I mean they have daughters that are away at university or something but Honestly, their daughters have cars too. That's the thing. So it's not like they need all. Well, we have all these cars available to buy. I mean, somebody better buy them. They're- but I think I think that in in part of the need is like like we're we're havers with regards to oil. Like we have the you know, and there's talk about exploiting like the tar sands in in Alberta. But we have we have more. Um, oil than say our small population needs right so meanwhile um just just in the past like 10 15 years china is becoming a big power and people are starting to be able to buy cars like we do in america in china and they have a shit ton of people and so the need it, it's like what mike said earlier it, it, and i think this is a concern it's like if you have these giant pipelines now now you can like go to town on the land to try and make up as much oil as possible um uh and 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 there's there's i know there's numbers about how much uh tar sands land you would have to go through to be able to supply the keystone xl for it for um for a year it's just it's just you create these pipelines you're creating uh need essentially that that didn't exist Previously, um, you're creating an avenue that potentially may make you more money. But I, I just think that there's, I think that there's a, a balance there. Yeah, you I gotta, do like, think once you make those things, you got to feed them. So yeah, you got to feed the beast. But at the same time, like, like it, you know, 
if they weren't there, then you'd be trucking them, you know, and using a lot more resources just to move them. But here's, uh, I mean, it is, I think of it like, okay, so, you know, back to the, the method, the pipeline versus rail or, or truck. I mean, we're, there's not pipelines in the sea yet. So shipping is always going to be shipping. Uh, so thinking about those things, when I, okay, I've had in my house a couple of times where the pipes have burst for various reasons. And, and, and some of them were like, in one house it was just their old pipes. And I don't know how old they were, less than, I don't know, like say 50 years or something. Uh, and, and what's in them is water, right? And that has corroded that pipe enough that it started leaking water on the wall. And it's in the wall, you don't see it. What that? How much pipe is in your house? Like, I don't know, say 50 meters or something. And people routinely have their pipes break or blow for various reasons, not just freezing. And then you say, okay, well, you take that pipe, you take a pipe, and instead of putting water in it, you put like a corrosive substance like bitumen or other types of oil, uh, which are known to be, which are corrosive. And then you bury it underground, and instead of running for 50 meters, you run it for 2,000 miles. <laughs> and a lot of which is through like, you know, places that nobody goes. And if they're buried, especially, how are you going to know when that thing is corroded and leaking if those pipes burn? So I feel like that's part of the issue w w with the pipelines. They're running such massive stretches. They're not going to be able to always know when what shape the pipeline is. It's just there's too much of it to, to go over. Whereas a truck – you know, there's regulations about trucks. If you're a trucker and you kind of you're gonna haul some oil and you go and look and like the wheels are falling off, maybe you think, okay, the truck's not really good to haul the oil. And in theory, same with the train. You know, they're inspected before they get out on the rails, and there's still gonna be accidents. And, and but that it still happens. The BP oil spill. You know, like well, the BP one. Was, it, that was, was probably awful. not. It's probably not shipping, right? It was a. But well, that it's was an still, oil well it's, exploded. Like it was on the deep water horizon. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is like that. That's probably a very controlled environment, or we can assume it's a controlled environment. It's accidents still happen. Well, like, yeah, and we are where people are. Yeah. So when these pipelines are going through, you know, stretches of wilderness where nobody's there, you know, if it starts leaking, you're not going to find out till it's leaking a lot. And and I know you know the the, the companies would always say, oh well, we have you know, monitoring systems or whatever. But the point is pipes break. <laughs> I mean, I know that from having a house or in a rental property where the pipes are broken multiple times in a house and that's not very much. So my view would be like you bury this pipeline for thousands of miles, like it's going to leak. There's no question. And, you know, trucks are going to crash and trains are going to derail and, and, and that's, uh, that's bad too. But at least there's people that are in theory driving these things and looking at them and uh, trying to make sure they're safe before they take them out. The pipeline, it just yeah. goes. And I, I would, I would imagine they would things. have people running across the like, and this is just my imagination, so it's not fact. But you know, there must be somebody you know who tests the ground around the where the pipes are periodically. Not that that's would be. A, I don't know how effective. Like, there's got to be some precautions that they have to take, or is it is the idea that there are no regulations from governments? 
There are. But I mean, I don't know what they all are. And in Canada, the criticism has been that they've a lot of that regulation or regulatory framework has been gutted recently to fast track these projects. Um, so, and that's always a concern that, like for example, in Canada, they have this was what was it this wa- safe navigable waterways act or something, which essentially pre- protected rivers and systems like that from <clears throat> being polluted. And it was a real that was a real pain in the ass for. Um, pipeline producers because of course they're crossing a bazillion streams and something like 90 percent of them were protected under this act and in canada they essentially removed that act so that almost nothing's protected now and now it's a much easier so those regulations are going the other way because of course there's a, and, and you know as much as we want to blame the oil companies we're we're the consumers of of the oil so you know, we want it and uh, we tell our government we want it so they maybe get rid of regulations to help make it easier to put those pipelines in. Yeah, it's such a such a conflict to look at, you know, the demand for resources and the demand for lifestyle expectations, like driving to work every day and having goods shipped, you know, promptly. Like there's such an industry around even having because we're so consumerist of having goods and materials to buy in your in our cities at all times. That uh, we do have a heavy reliance on oil, and if we didn't need as much of it, and we didn't buy it as much, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, a fight po- against human nature, Ray Crofton. <laughs> it's a good point, Bo. Like, there's stuff that, you know, because I don't drive hardly at all. I, I, you know, very, very rarely in a small fuel-efficient car. I don't even fly as much as I used to, like, go on go on b- big trips and stuff. I, I don't feel, like, on a daily basis, like I bike to work or whatever, that I, do, that I use that much oil. But the reality is that even though I'm, I'm doing all this stuff, like the food I'm eating at the grocery store, like the, the products I'm using, anything that's been delivered to us or, like, provided – uh, in my neighborhood and all this, there's a good ch- chance that, that, you know, there's a sizable amount of oil that led to it being there. So even if you think like you're not dependent on oil, there's a good chance you still are. You're just not seeing it. Yeah, it's like it's like a sort of byproduct of, of living in, in the kind of world that we've designed around ourselves. And back know. to back to the point about oil, line, oil pipelines being sort of a symbol uh, and I th- the, of 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 that consumption and that desire for energy that we all have, even in those indirect ways, it's not like we're all like you know eating oil out of a with a spoon, <laughs> like mm, oil, give me more. No. Of it. It's just like related to everything. But then again, it says the symbols like we need to slow down our consumption. So if we slow down pipelines, it's just like. I mean, uh, there's a lot more to be. Do you guys have any other salient points about? pipelines or other ways you want to look at wouldn't it be crazy if like oil actually tasted delicious like (laughs) ice cream or something because i was thinking about like the charlie and the chocolate factory movie uh like not the johnny depp one the the old one with gene wilder and there's all these pipes and like candy syrup and all this shit and i was like oh man that would be amazing but like then you know in a perfect world if you could use you know melt say melted ice cream to power your car but you could also eat it wouldn't that be amazing i think so but then like sometimes when you're low on groceries you'd be have to be like oh i really want breakfast but i have to fuel my car today <laughs> yeah i guess those, the key will, is those will be, be those will be problems for our grandchildren to think about <laughs> Bo. um <laughs> okay so i'm ready for verdicts yeah let's do it all right, um, I'm going to jump in first here. 
Um, Where's the gavel? Oh, sorry. Let's. Verdictization uh, is starting. Verdicts are in order. All right. So um, I feel a little out of my depth in the oil pipeline conversation. Um, and if you've listened to the show before, you know that I'm pretty inept at climate-related conversations and saving the environment stuff. Um, but, you know, so to, I guess, reiterate or, yeah, to repeat what I said earlier, from a business vector standpoint, you know, if it's more efficient and, you know, works better than everything else, and I, I can see how people would say pipelines are good, but I think that we do often fight our better, our human nature uh, when it comes to enjoying some of this stuff and that there are a lot of people out there begging for us to listen to our conscience when it comes to keeping our environment and our planet protected. And um, based on a lot of what I've heard and like science programs and on this show, uh, I feel like that's worthy of being listened to. So I'm going to settle my verdict on oil pipelines as being bullshit. B- uh, bullshit. Um, yes. I hope I made sense. I f- no, no. I th- yeah. yeah uh, I I think so. I think you know. Sometimes when we do this show, it's you know you don't necessarily know. Yeah. It's, everything it's, about oil pipelines, and you like, get to land somewhere. I see the good in it, and I see the bad in it. You know. I'll, yeah. I guess I'll go next now that I'm yammering here. Um, I was sort of thinking as we went through this that I was gonna gonna do go bullshit on, on this one just because of the whole practicalities of we're in a world that relies on oil and you know we need that oil it has to get someplace it is an efficient way to transport it in a lot of ways it has its downfalls as do does any method but i guess while i was rambling in there at some point i convinced myself <laughs> that, <laughs> that that there are in fact bad oil pipelines are bad. and and i guess how i convinced myself <laughs> was just that it's if it is the most efficient way to you know to to move oil and and, and but we need to keep some of that oil in the ground if we're gonna you know do anything about climate change which i feel like we should try we shouldn't just move to mars as some people seem to suggest um so I'd be like, yeah, we should keep those bottlenecks in place. We should make sure that there's that there are less pipelines so that the flow of oil is kind of like, you know, there's like a bit of a cork in the in the the well. <laughs> it just makes it come out slowly. So I'd be like, yeah, they're bad. For that reason, I'm like, they're they're bad. There's a lot of positive to be said for them, but really like we we should have less in the mind thing. All right. It's uh it's funny because I was um I sort of went through a similar thought process. Um, I also had a similar thought process as Bo. Like I was thinking like I wanted to say bullshit to this. It's tough to want to say good even though you understand maybe how they would serve as a tool and how they may provide a greater alternative to other methods of transporting oil. But in the end, like when I see a story about an oil pipeline or, you know, I generally side with with the environmentalists. I always wished that there would be a better way than, than, you know, digging up more oil, shipping more oil. I understand it's one of the valuable resources of the country that I live in. Uh, but I understand that it le- it's, it's led to a lot of jobs. But it, it I don't use much oil in my day, day-to-day, um, probably less than most people. I'm not even that much into, like, you know, repairs and cars and shit like that. So uh, for the most part, even though I do admit that I would just by proxy end up using a lot of oil, 
Um, I don't feel like I'm a power user and I, I can't emotionally attach myself to, oh, it's great to have oil. So because of that and because of how much uh, just seeing pipelines and thinking about pipelines annoys me personally, even if it's borderline irrational to dislike them as much as I do uh, without having one directly running through my house – um, I have to agree with Mike and say that the oil pipelines are bad. So to all our listeners out there who work in the oil industry, you know, that's two to one. So stop making You're oil screwed. pipelines. Thank you for listening. <laughs> you know what? As CEO. Oil pipelines are going to do just fine. <laughs> it's the well, they've reality. been stalled a long time. You know, there's, there's, uh, you know... There's 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 hope that they'll that they'll remain slow. Look, and, uh, we've got the going to the Mars going to Mars plan. That's the human way, you know. <laughs> Just human. shit all over everything and go to a place that has no shit on it. We ruined our house. Let's buy a new one. <laughs> um, I, I spilled if, I spilled coffee in my car. Oh well, let's get a new car. <laughs> <laughs> Prices the price of oil is also like taking a, almost a historic dive, and I know it's coming back, but like. It's it's uh, the landscape is changing. I think bit by bit, it's just a little slow. Yeah, and is the thing is the dive is a it's a mixed blessing, right? Like it's makes people be like, oh sweet, well, you know, I don't need to change to a, or or like you know, it, it can makes it easier to use it. It's cheaper, and a lot of people really are only driven by their pocketbooks. Um, pocketbooks being a their own personal era thing for money, uh, <laughs> not uh, not principles, you know. So it's like, oh, it saves me money, so screw that. I'll just stay on gas instead of get like I don't know, an electric car or something. Yeah, but there's a bigger picture, and and I think you know when it comes to voting on things, when you do go and vote in politics, and people think you know you see politicians addressing that small scale stuff all the time, right? And uh, it's 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 too bad that we we aren't focused as much on the big bigger issues. Yeah, um, and if you are good listeners, have uh, an opinion on this, whether you work in the oil sands and think we're all assholes or whether you are uh, <laughs> anti-pipeline activists and think we, we we didn't lambast them enough, we'd like to hear from you. And you can get in touch with us at email, and that's at goodbadbull at gmail.com is our email address. Um, you can also send us a tweet on the Twitter at goodbadbull. And, of course, you can find, you know, all this information and links to Stitcher and iTunes on our website, goodbadbull.com. And, of course, you could like us on Facebook, too. If you like to like things on Facebook, we would we would like that if you liked us. Yeah, if you're someone not doing that and you listen to the show, please, please do it. We want your support. <laughs> this is a way that you can help us at least feel a little more validated. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, sometimes, sure. sometimes, like when we're feeling down, we go and look at our likes on Facebook. We just look <laughs> at the number. And, and recently, Bo's been doing it, and a single tear has been going down his face. Oh. And it's, been, it's very sad. So please. Some pe- doesn't it decrease sometimes? People are like, mm, I don't like this thing anymore. I, 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 don't like I it. choose not to like <laughs> it. I haven't noticed that, to be honest. Oh, well. We have committed I, people. Who, those who do like us, you know, are, are real. Are real Yay, uh, committed thank you to people us. who like this show. Yeah. We like you too. And, oh, there's um, only so many tears in his body to give. <laughs> a lot of tears in there. So, um, <laughs> if if uh, anyone wants to get a hold of you, Crofton, personally, how could they do so? 
Um, they can uh, they can reach out to me through my Twitter social media pipeline uh, at Crofton Steers. Social media pipeline. I'd like to get that pipeline blocked. <laughs> Small <laughs> victories, Mike. And and Bo, where could our good listeners find you at? Oh, they can find me in my house. I don't do that Twitter thing. That's for losers. JK, hey, everyone. JK, you everyone. You can find me at Bo Schwartz. I just wanted to see what it was like to be Mike for a day. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just don't want to send a false promise. I have a Twitter account at ML Hodgins. Uh, but I don't tweet on it, so I mean, it's kind of like you know, it's a ghost town. But honestly, it, when he does tweet, it's quality. Really? <laughs> I'll have to try to make. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll try it again, tweeting, tweeting again. He won't. Uh, um, yeah. Did you guys hear about the? There's a pipeline thing supposed to be happening near where we live in Ottawa. Have you heard about this? No. <laughs> what? What? Is it like a bureaucratic pipeline? <laughs> no, it's it like full of it's public service. East. It's gonna go across the Rideau River, like upstream from us. So, no way. So people are like, oh, damn it. Don't put that thing there because it spills in the Rideau River. It's going to come flow right through the like center of our city. <laughs> so that would be shitty. You know, I think I feel like there was a committee no somewhere kidding. saying, you know, you know, New York has a really polluted river and we don't have that. So in order to be more like New York, we need a really polluted river. How can we do this quickly? It's like, whoa, we got lots of oil pipelines. <laughs> let's run an oil pipeline through the Ottawa River. All right. Yeah, those things rust occasionally. Oh, yeah, sure. They're like sips. <laughs> All right. Good job, everyone. Uh, let's go home early. <laughs> I've always I've always felt that the one difference between Ottawa and New York City was the lack of dirty water in the river <laughs> well you know I, I i'm just imagining what's going on with the people making these decisions because it seems dumb to me i swim yeah, in I, that river god damn it it's dirty enough as it is yeah <laughs> wait it's because like, you swim in it uh that's i hadn't thought uh i think you just wrinkled my brain I really have to pee. Oh, on that note. note. <laughs>